0: Hi, everyone. Uh, Today, we're starting a brand new series called Love Works, Uh, and we're going to be thinking about our very closest relationships. Those might be with our our husband or wife if we're married, or someone we're in a long-term relationship with. It might be our mum or our dad or our brother or our sister, a a close friend. It might be our girlfriend or our boyfriend. And yes, whilst we, we are talking quite a bit about romantic relationships, actually, we're going to be considering all close relationships as we go through this series. You know, if the COVID pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we need close relationships. We all need to be known and loved and cared for, and we all have a role in providing that for other people. We all want our relationships to be great relationships. No, no one sets out to have a mediocre marriage, tricky family relationships, or, or shallow friendships. We want them to be strong, healthy, life giving, and long lasting. But I expect that most of us have, uh, are watching this have been alive long enough to realise that actually great relationships don't just happen automatically. In fact, they're, they're pretty challenging sometimes. And, and for many of us, those relationships have involved upset, falling out, hurts, frustration, or maybe just plain indifference to one another. I wonder whether you identify with any of those things today as you think about those closest to you. Here's the thing. We know this. Affection is not enough to sustain great relationships. There's something more. There's something deeper. And over the next six weeks, we're going to dive into scripture and let God speak to us into the nitty gritty of our, our closest relationships. It, it might be that you're watching today and you wouldn't think of yourself as a person of faith. You know, we're delighted you're here. You're always very, very welcome with us. And I reckon this series is going to be super helpful for, for you. Because whatever you think about God, we all want our relationships to be better. And the Bible's got some fantastic stuff to say. So stick with us. I'll see you again in a few minutes for the first in our series. But before that, over to Joe.
1: As Ed said, we are thinking about how to make love work. Love, friendships, relationships can be tricky things. It seemed simple when I was growing up. If you were best friends with someone, you would buy two necklaces which had two halves of a heart on them saying best friends forever. And one of you would have one and the other would have the other and you would know they were your best friend forever. Or you might have matching rings or you might have made yourself a friendship bracelet, but you know that they were your friend of course that didn't last and by the next day they'd swapped that necklace for something else and, um, or broken it or just didn't want to wear it anymore. Friendships can be tricky. There's a wonderful story in the Bible about a really special friendship. In fact, a friendship about Jesus and Peter. Now just before Jesus was taken to be killed, Peter had said that he didn't know Jesus and he'd said this three times. This was a lie, but he was scared. After Jesus died and then rose again, Peter was back fishing and he spots Jesus on the shoreline. He rushes over to see him. Peter was so excited to see Jesus again, but Amestor felt really mixed up inside, knowing what he'd said about his friend. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Yes, said Peter. Jesus asked again, Do you love me? Yes, said Peter. Three times Jesus asked, Do you love me? And three times Peter said, Yes. Jesus smiled, I still need you to help me do God's work. Now Peter knew that Jesus loved him and still wanted him as a very special friend. Now I don't think they had special friendship bracelets or necklaces. But Peter knew that Jesus loved him and that was enough. So as we start thinking about what it means to love and to love well our friends, our brothers and sisters, our parents, the special people in our lives. We can look to Jesus who can show us how to love really well.
0: Well, thanks, Joe. Uh, Hey, it's me again. Uh, A few minutes ago, I gave a bit of an overview of our brand new series, Love Works, as we devote the next few weeks to thinking about our very closest relationships. We all want our closest relationships to be great relationships, to be strong, to be fulfilling and to be long lasting. But let's make this real for a minute. You know, right now, Wherever you're watching this, call to mind a particular close relationship that you really want to be a great relationship. One that you're saying, God, please help this relationship to be fantastic. It might be one that's great that you'd you'd love to be even better. It might be a relationship actually where where things have been a bit tricky and the idea of it turning into a great relationship just doesn't feel very realistic right now. Just, Just bring it to mind. Have you got one? Great, well, we'll just hold it there as we unpack this further today. You know, Jesus gives us the foundation for all great relationships. In John's Gospel, chapter 13, Jesus is spending some time hanging out with his closest friends, his disciples. Uh, These are the people he's been hanging with day after day, travelling around with, having adventures with. And he's having an evening meal with them. He's teaching them and he's inspiring them about how they are to live their lives. The conversation gets a little bit heavier as he predicts that one of them is going to betray him. And then he predicts that another, Peter, uh, that's the friend of Jesus that Joe was talking about just now, uh, that the Peter was, was going to deny that he even knew Jesus uh, when uh, put under pressure. And it's in this context that, that Jesus gives the secret to great relationships. And here it is, verse 34. A new command I give you, love one another another. Hang on a minute, you know, what's, what's special about that? You know, that seems pretty ordinary and obvious, doesn't it? Is this really some radical big secret to great relationships, love? You know, any singer, songwriter or film producer could have told us about, about that, and they regularly do. But But what Jesus does here is he turns a word that we always associate with relationships, love, a word that we so often use as a noun, and he turns it into a verb. He could have said, here's the secret, have warm feelings of affection for one another. But, but no, he says, here's a command, here's something you decide to do, love one another. In other words, the secret, the foundation to great relationships, is not a feeling of affection, but it's action. It's something that you do. In all of your relationships, affection will get you started easily, but action will keep it going thinking about romantic relationships for a minute, we all know that, that falling in love is dead easy and quite exciting. Staying in love is much, much harder. Love works. So if love is a verb, if it's something we do, then what does that doing look like? Jesus goes on, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. When it comes to love, where do we look to for direction? You know, should we look to the the prevailing culture? Should we look to Hollywood? What about social media or Spotify? Should we look at at the way we feel that the majority of our friends show love? Should we take a lead from our parents? You know, it's my mum and dad's golden wedding anniversary next month. I'm so grateful for their example of what it means to love. But when Jesus says, as I have loved you, he's saying, when it comes to love, let me show you how it's done. Follow my example. The Apostle Paul was a, a prolific writer of letters to churches. Many of those letters are part of our New Testament today. And in one of them, he unpacks what it means to follow the example of Jesus. And he gives these instructions. He gives these instructions about all relationships, but they're of vital importance to our very closest relationships. Paul says this, make my joy complete, by being like-minded, having the same love as Christ. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves. In other words, stop trying to compete. Vain conceit speaks of excessive self-importance and one-upmanship, it's scoring points, it's, it's trying to get ahead and above the other person. And Paul says, don't do that in your relationships, instead, Value others above yourself. Act like he is more important than you. Act like she is more important than you. Have you ever been in the presence of a national hero or a really famous person? Nine years ago, Princess Anne visited Sea Mills and opened a Cafe on the Square. Many of you will will remember it. Now, Deborah and I were there in a little greeting line and got to shake her hand and have a little chat. And as she came towards us, someone... uh, Heidi, was it you? Um, Someone brought Princess Anne a a lovingly brewed fancy coffee, as indeed they're all, they all are at Café on the Square. And and, and as she took it, I saw Princess Anne reach into her pocket and discreetly pull out a a small artificial coffee sweetener dispenser and and slip a sweetener into her coffee. And and I was thinking, are you crazy? This is great coffee. You know, at least have some of the Queen's finest sugar lumps. Who spoils it with an artificial sweetener? Aren't you royalty? But, you know, did I point that out to her? Of course I didn't, you know, she's she's an important person. And, and in the moment, of course, what I did was I deferred to her and had the utmost respect. She could have told a terrible joke and I still would have laughed. In fact, I think she did. And I think I did. And And that's the kind of thing that Paul is getting at here. That's how you are to treat people in your relationships. Respond and behave as if they are more important than you. Treat them with a a sense of awe and respect. Value them above yourselves. Make that choice. Just just think for a minute about the relationship you called to mind earlier on. If If you're honest with yourself... Are there any elements of competition or one-upmanship or scoring points that you bring to that relationship sometimes? You know, to what extent do you, do you act like the other person is more important than you? You know, in another of his letters, Paul picks up on this same theme. Only this time he uses a word that's a bit of a tricky word in our culture. And he says this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In our culture today, where there's so much anxiety around around authority and a a mistrust of institutions and and a fear of being taken advantage of, the word submit is a really uncomfortable word, and yet it's a concept that's at the heart of all great relationships. You know, when we we submit to one another, we're saying, in our relationship, you are the priority. I'm going to place myself, my preferences, my interests under yours, because... You know, and because it's one another, the other person is also saying, you know, no, in our relationship, you're the priority. I'm going to place myself under you. No, no, you're the priority. No, you're the priority. It's you ahead of me. No, it's you ahead of me. Mutual submission is a powerful thing and leads to great relationships. It's at the heart of a great marriage. It's at the heart of a great friendship, a healthy relationship with your brother or sister. Mutual submission. And Paul goes on to to relate all this directly to the example that Jesus shows. Verse five, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. You know, hands down, the best thing that's ever been on TV is the West Wing. And there's a a particular scenario that happens quite often in West Wing episodes. You you might have seen it. The president comes into a room full of really important staff and advisors who are working really hard and they all stop what they're doing and they stand out of respect because the president walks in. And then the president turns to his chief of staff and says something like, we need to talk. And, And rather than going off somewhere to talk, the chief of staff turns to everyone else in the room and says, give us the room. And immediately Everybody gets up and leaves the room so that the president and his chief of staff can have a two-minute conversation in private. You know, such was the, the importance and influence of the president. He just used that power to get what he needed and what was most convenient to him. But listen up. Jesus was always the most important person in any room he ever walked into. After all, he he was God, but but he never leveraged it for his own sake. He had the right and he deserved for everyone to fall into line, to to pander to his every request and his, his needs and his desires. And yet he chose not to keep pushing the God button with people. And Paul says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus'. goes on in verse 7, rather he made himself nothing. Another version of the Bible says this, he emptied himself. You know, we use that phrase sometimes, don't we? He's so full of himself, she's so full of herself. Well, this is the very opposite. Rather than being full of himself, he emptied himself. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You know, Jesus made a decision to humble himself. No one else humbled him. He he decided to serve rather than be served. And he spent himself for the benefit and blessing of others. And in doing that, he gave them a position of value and of importance. He had a choice to make. I can either get everything I'm due, everything I deserve, all the glory and all the privilege and and have nothing to do with human beings. Or I can give up everything I'm due and I can humble myself and instead be like them and be in a relationship with them. Showing my love even to the point of dying in their place. You know, Jesus dying on a cross in our place was the ultimate demonstration of him valuing us. In that moment, he submitted himself to us. He put our forgiveness ahead of his glory. Jesus opted for relationship over his personal rights. Let me say that again. Jesus opted for relationship over his personal rights. That's the call of love. That's the secret to great relationships. And Paul says, have the same attitude as Jesus. The secret to great relationships is found in the example of Jesus. Choose relationship over your own rights. That's the call of love. That's the way that love works. We're going to take a, a chance to pray now. And as we, as we do that, bring to mind again the relationship you thought of earlier, that you, you'd really love to be a fantastic relationship. Maybe it's your, your marriage and you you long to be closer to your spouse again. Maybe it's a a family relationship that's a bit tricky. Maybe it's a friendship where where something's come between you, and you'd love for God to bring some healing and some forgiveness. Maybe you feel like you're in a relationship, and you're you're doing all the heavy lifting, and you feel like you're constantly putting the other person before yourself, but you're getting nothing back at all. You know, maybe actually all your closest relationships are really good, but you'd love for them to be great wherever you are whatever you're doing let's just take a moment to to pause and we're just going to very simply to invite the holy spirit to, to fill us and to fill those relationships that we've got on our minds so let's pray And you might just in this moment like to just still yourself and open up yourself to the lord so we pray together, come Holy Spirit, be working amongst us in our hearts. We recognise, Lord, that it's super easy to think about this stuff and say this stuff, but it's really, really tricky to put it into practice. It's really, really hard to value others above ourselves. And so, Lord, we recognise that we need you. We know that these things are great in theory, and yet when we think about the other person that we're thinking about, the relationship that we're thinking about, we can perhaps feel that, that actually it's just so tricky to do it in that circumstance. We turn to you, Lord, and say, would you give us the power? Help us to be able to choose to value that person above ourselves. Help us to follow the way of love. Help us to choose relationship over our own rights. We know that that's the call of love. We know that that's the example of Jesus. And so we turn to you now. In Jesus' name. Amen.